This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. This is Erica, Matt, and Sound Guy Ryan, and you're listening to an episode of Breweries. Like I said, my, my background's in medicine, but I also studied chemistry and biochemistry, so a lot of this was just, oh yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's the stuff you're looking at the Krebs cycle and you're like, wow, I can use that to make beer. All right, let's do that. So... Well, that sounded a lot different, and by the time this episode releases, this will probably be the first time that we heard that new intro, thanks to Sound Guy Ryan. But Hell yeah. And his mad skills. I can imagine that it sounds amazing, because at this very moment, we have no clue how it sounds. <laughs> it sounded pretty good acapella, though. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, but, pretty uh, pumped. I hope you guys enjoyed that, but welcome to another episode of Brutes. And here we are. Yeah, and uh, we've got a hella good episode for you this week. Um, and you heard that audio from our friend John just previously from Foundation, and uh, that was just a little yeah. bit of a sneak peek at what we're doing this week. So obviously stay on until the episode because it's a really good episode. Oh, show. Sure. Um, and it's actually the last episode featuring audio from Emily. So pour some out for Emily. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, Let's do that. Well, what are we drinking this week? What uh, have you been up to this week? Uh, so much. Work. Always. Work. Yeah, yeah, you guys have been working a lot. Gigs, man. yeah. Just tons of gigs. I've actually found a new love. Oh. Truly. <laughs> truly. <laughs> I've truly found a new love. Um, it's pineapple, right? It's pineapple, yeah. Sounds and it's delicious. It's not hazy, I can tell you that. Seltzer. It's a hard seltzer, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this weekend I got to spend some time drinking some hard seltzers. Some seltzies. And um, I've been inspired. I think we've been inspired to do a new episode. We definitely have oh, to do it. Seltzer we're gonna do madness. It. Yeah, we're going to do yeah, that. It's yeah. happening. That's going to be fun. Stay tuned, y'all. And, yeah. and Ryan, I quote Ryan. He said, I'd fuck with hard seltzers. Mm. No, I said I'd fuck with that when I took a sip with it. Yeah. Of it, not with it. Yeah, of it. I mean, we um, still stick to craft beer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, we but, just love all crafty things. Yeah, but yeah. this was not bad. No, it it it's legit. Um, I was expecting it to taste a lot different. And we did a poll, and there were a lot of people who were like, "F that." So we know that there's a lot of hate on seltzers, but yeah, yeah. whatever. Whatevs. But uh, other than that, I've been drinking hard seltzers, and I did have uh, awesome IPA from Finback. Nice. Uh, it's the the name is escaping me, but it was awesome. So, yes, I did drink real beer too. What about you, Erica? Um, yeah. So I've just been living it up, kickball with the peoples. Oh yeah, the breweries. You got uh, you got that pink boots beer and the pink boots beer. Yeah. So was it from Fort Hill? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, there was a pink boots beer and it was good. It was made with hibiscus, which I feel like is kind of overdone at this point, but. I still love a good hibiscus beer. Oh, it's so. So, when it's executed good, it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And that was solid. So I was pretty pumped. And Ryan, what have you been drinking? Um, I've been on a Jack's Abbey kick lately. I've noticed. Awesome. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. I've just been crushing them. So that's really what I've been drinking. Um, other than that, uh, there's really, you know, a couple things here and there that are a little different. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Cool. There's something I'm very excited about, though. And yeah, uh, what's that? Well, you know the, the the brewery that does not sponsor us. I swear to God, if someone else asks us <laughs> if this brewery sponsors us, but uh, Notch is doing a collaboration with Cloudwater, Trillium, and Bellwood Beer. Oh yeah, that's gonna be awesome. And they're making a wow. rice lager. Yeah, because they sat down. And they're like, "What do we all like to drink?" Yeah. So this is rice like a, lagers. This so. is a brew. This is a beer made for brewers and. 
I have a palate, I think, that's similar to most brewers where I like Pilsner's lagers and yeah. beers that I think we all do. Everyone else hates, it seems like, you know. But nah, I'm excited. No, that's gonna be I can't awesome. Wait to yeah. Try it. When, yeah. When, when are they saying that's gonna be out? Who knows? I don't think they said. I think no. we just kind of announced that they were gonna do it. Okay. If it's okay. anything yeah. like they just did a uh what I think a ten week Kolsch, right? Or yes. Something crazy like that. So it's going to ferment for a while. It'll be good. Very excited. It's going to be awesome. So uh, speaking of that, Pink Boots. Yeah, that's, actually, that's coming up. That's actually a pretty good segue. Yeah. Notch, brand, <laughs> Pink Boots. What's exactly. new, Erica? Tell us. Exactly. So next meeting is September 3rd. Yeah. yeah. Night shift. And, um, at night shift. Yep. And after Labor Day. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I'll be uh, presenting at it. Yeah. As Ooh. my giving back from my scholarship win. Okay. So that'll be cool. And other people are presenting, not just yourself. No, no, just me. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple other people who are presenting from their scholarships as well. And just in general, the usual Pink Boots stuff. So, so all Pink Boots events are, are open to all they people. They are open to everyone. I mean, of course, to be a part of Pink Boots, you do have to work in the industry, mm-hmm. at least part-time. So, I mean, you can come by and check it out, but... And for Pink Boots yeah. members, it's free. And then for yes, non-Pink Boots members... it's like $5 or so. All right. So we are back to our most popular segment by Mystery a couple of mm. um, So as you, as you guys know, we're taking courses from Cicerone.org uh, to become level one Cicerones. I'm on chapter three right now. I'm I just chapter, finished that last night. I'm on chapter two and a half. And Ryan, what our chapter are you on? I don't remember. Yeah. We are trying our we're learning. best... Um, And it's great content, very, very digestible. It's super easy. I mean, it's not like difficult to understand if you're not in the industry. Like they make it really straightforward and easy to grasp. Uh, So hopefully Ryan tasting this beer will help us. But this taste test would not be made possible without our sponsor, Craftmaster Growlers. Get your Craftmaster Growler for 10% off using their promo code CRAFT88. Yep, and you can get yours today. We love ours. It's yeah, CO2. I can't wait for their homebrew connection, yeah. so you kind of transfer it without the beer touching the air, which will be really cool. And they can like bring it to parties. I can bring you a massive keg, and well, it's just I'm awesome. looking forward to new stuff from them. It was awesome just drinking that Old Planters beer. Yeah. like what ten days after, and yeah. it was still really nicely carbonated. Yeah, definitely. I can't like, wait to fill yeah. up again. That is my biggest complaint about Growlers, and the fact that this couldn't do it is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we have a beer for Ryan, and... What do you got there, little boy? I do have to tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it, it's in the Dunkin' Donuts koozie again, uh, but this Pretty time huge. it's tight. Uh, they have a binder clip yep. on the I access. was trying to find like a band, but I didn't look on the floor to find the one that we oh, just oh, I was about to say, the one I've been flicking everywhere. So you got but, a clip. Yeah, I guess I'll open it. And it's a good start. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Per usual, that's a great crack. So this beer came from the depths of my mini fridge. <laughs> the depths of your mini fridge. It's a fresher boy. Sure it is. All right. Well, first of all, I need to. Who you need to? <laughs> the clip has been discarded. Yeah. Right. Well, because I'm tasting the fucking koozie. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, so oh, that's the f- beer is koozie flavored. <laughs> So what are you tasting off the bat, right? Hops. Hops. <laughs> All right. Lots of them. And you smell hops as well. What is the nose like? It smells like an IPA of sorts. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Cool. 
That's pretty, um, tastes like an IPA. So are you at the point of Cicerone where you can pick out the hops? Do you know what hops are in that beer? God, no. Okay. okay. Well, well, we'll get there. So I'm wondering if Erica is at that point, because I know that mm, I am not at that point. Maybe, probably not. <laughs> I will say it's very, very juicy. Very juicy. Probably yeah. like a citra hop then or something. Almost, yeah. I've never, I know what the beer is, but I've never tried it. So <laughs> I want to try it and see if you I You want to try it? Yeah. I don't actually know what hops or... He doesn't know what beer is. I don't know. So what beer is. I only drink truly ciders. The first time. <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I would say it's cool. Nice. I'd say citra hops. Yeah. If I had to guess, you know, only being a level, you know, not even, a not level. even a level. We're not even a level. We are below level. Point two five percent cicerone <laughs> level. All right. So, what do you think? You ready to do the reveal, Ryan? I'm going to say it's a New England, uh, New England IPA. I, I, you know what? I, that is I a truth, strong guess. I truthfully don't actually. I know it's one of those In words. In the IPA family. Yeah, it's an Most IPA. likely. Um, reveal the beer. Would you actually, if you, well, knowing this beer, would you get it again? Would I get it again? Probably not. Probably not. What, yeah. What would, what's keeping you back? Uh, it tastes like all the, the same. So it's nothing. Yeah, nothing special in my opinion. Cool. Um, I'd say that the um, alcohol content is probably like seven and a half or eight hmm. i'd agree i agree with that yeah all right reveal that baby it's just as ipa it's a mother road brewing company uh t- tower station and epv is 7.3 good and where's that out of i think that's texas Ooh, that's, that's either texas or south carolina station. it's probably on the side of the can here Arizona, Flagstaff, Arizona. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Fun can art. Cool. But yeah, I mean, it. Oh, it you know just, what? I got that. I know. I got that from the Got Hops pan uh, oh. mass challenge. Yeah. 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 Oh, Get, yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, shout out it, to Got, yeah. Got Hops. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. Yep. Stickers are on my, uh, on my case now. Yeah. So. And he yeah. completed his race, what, last weekend or two weekends ago? So awesome. Raised a ton of money for an, a worthwhile. Worthwhile. I'm not gonna even bother like getting rid of that. Yeah, so pretty decent beer. I agree though, that does taste like it tastes uh, like a New England IPA, right? Yeah, and it's just it's hard with IPAs at this point. Yeah. There's so many out there um and trying to deviate from the norm without being too weird. Yeah. Solid IPA. Uh I definitely think if you were at a uh, a brewery and that was available, you'd be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be happy with it, but it's something that now that I've said I've had it, yeah, I probably wouldn't get it again. Yeah. Um, I'd like to taste it on draft. It um, was you know. canned in May. Oh, so it's super fresh. So it's not crazy fresh. Technically, the best by date because it does they do that apparently um, was August seventh. So we're right within that. We're kind of right within that. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless. It didn't re-ferment. We know that. We did. We know that because we've been... I noticed that... Um, who posted about that this week? That main girl. Yeah, the beer um, mama. Yeah, yeah beer so. mama. Shout out to beer mama. We're, we're tagging everyone yeah, this I week's guess post. So. Um, yeah, she talked about it. And uh, when beer re-ferments, sometimes the beer, the cans explode. Yeah. So So when it goes from a cold to a hot... Warm environment. Yep. Yeah. Poof. Cause. Savage. Right? Yeah. So... Uh, 
before we go on to the episode featuring Foundation Brewing, we got a couple messages from our lovely, lovely sponsors. Yeah, so. and in, uh, until next week, cheers. cheers. Hey, hey guys. guys, this week's episode featuring our friends Foundation could not be made possible without our sponsor, Shirts Untapped. Each month, they team up with a brewery and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using our promo code BREWROOTS to get $5 off your first order. Head on over to Shirts on Tap today. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. So, obviously, we are here at Foundation Brewing in Portland, Maine. We are here with John. Uh, so, we do this every episode. We introduce ourselves. So, mm-hmm. we roll here at Foundation um, in your favorite memory of beer. And I'm sorry? Favorite memory of beer. Favorite memory of beer. Okay. So, my name is John Bonney. Uh, I'm one of the owners here at Foundation Brewing Company. Um, probably my favorite memory of beer was um, back in college, uh, I uh, two of my roommates um, were... Uh, there was a particular, I, I grew up in Michigan and there was a, a bar in Detroit called Yule Tap Room. And so 20 years ago, Yule Tap Room, um, it's, it's a great dive bar, by the way, uh, if anyone goes to Detroit. Um, but, uh, the, the tap room was kind of known for, they had, first of all, 10 beers on tap, which was unheard of, um, in the kind of mid nineties. Um, but they also had a really eclectic, um, and a really broad collection of beers at 250 different beers and bottles, which again, hmm. at that point was kind of unheard of. And, uh, I remember that the first time I had, uh, Chimay was there and, uh, it was the first time I'd ever had a Belgian and, um, it was like nothing I had ever tasted before. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty safe to say that, um, I was hooked, uh, at that point. And they, the beer that they had on tap wasn't your typical Buds and Heinekens and things? What? Well, you know, I mean, this is, this is it's Detroit in the mid-90s. Uh, so, yeah, they had uh, – usually, though, back then it was either Foster's or Labatt's Blue was sort of the – uh, sort of the go-to macro, uh, around the Detroit, that area, uh, Stroh's was still a thing. Um, so you would see that, um, not so much the, the national brands, but then, you know, they, they had a nitro tap. So Guinness was something you'd see. Um, and this was also the early days of Bell's. Um, so, uh, Bell's Amber was definitely a mainstay on draft. Um, Bell's Too Hearted came out right around that time. Uh, so, um, and then, uh, they'd usually have a couple other, um, you know, beers from, from other breweries in the Midwest, uh, out there. And so that it was sort of the beginning of the, the sort of the burgeoning, sort of the first wave, if you will, of the craft beer scene, because this would have been mid nineties. I think Bell's was probably around eight or nine years old at that point. Um, Geary's, which was actually right down the street, uh, was, uh, I think the first, or second brewery east of the Mississippi uh, that was like a craft brewery. Um, it was them and Bell's. Uh, and so, um, yeah, so that was that was kind of very much I sort of came of age at, in beer at that point in time. 
uh, and uh, it was pretty cool. And then eventually, uh, soon after, I moved to Cleveland and Great Lakes Brewing, uh, and and all that stuff was uh, was a big part of the scene there too. Let's talk about your upbringing. You grew up in Detroit. Tell me your life story. My life story. Uh, (laughs) Or at least life before foundation. Sure. Um, So it's pretty safe to say I probably took a little bit of a different path than most people to end up uh, in this uh, in this business. Um, So I grew up outside Detroit, uh, went to college at uh, University of Michigan. Uh, and from Michigan, I actually ended up going to medical school at Case Western Reserve. Um, so that's how I ended up in Cleveland. Uh, lived there for a couple years, worked in Detroit for a while. Uh, you were there for Mayo Clinic or is that? Uh, no. So I went to Cleveland um, Clinic. I mean, yeah. Cleveland Clinic was down the street. Yeah. Uh, Case Western University Hospitals is like two blocks yeah. away. Um, and I did some rotations at Cleveland Clinic. Um but then ended up as a, as a student, uh, went back to Detroit, worked at Henry Ford, actually lived in downtown Detroit for two years while I was doing that, and um, which was really kind of an interesting time in the city. Uh, and um, then after that, uh, took a job for residency at Maine Medical Center. So that's how I ended up in Maine. Uh, that was in 2000. Um, and uh, just kind of fell in love with the place. Um, we, uh, you know settle here. We have our, you know, raised family here. Uh, and, um, you know, I worked until, uh, five years ago, full-time as a family physician. Then when we opened the brewery, um, you know, it was time to do something else. Uh, so, I uh, ended up, uh, uh, moving down back down to Portland. At that point I was working up in central Maine and, um, yeah. deep country. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's, there's, you know, Portland is, is definitely its own thing in greater Portland. Um, you get outside the city, uh, and you start getting North or you start getting West a little bit. Um, and it means a very different place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, um, there's definitely, and that's where I you know, lived and worked for eight years. Um, but, uh, we, you know, eventually we decided that, you know, we wanted to come back and this was a challenge we needed to take on. And, um, so, uh, my wife and I and our kids moved back here five years ago and, uh, opened, met Christy and Joel through actually through a home group, homebrew club in Bangor, uh, and, uh, kind of hit it off. And what's, what's interesting, I think out of that homebrew club in Bangor, I think five breweries mm. have come out of that. Wow. Uh, Orno Brewing, I mean, us Orno Brewing, Two Feet, uh, Bangor Beer Company, um, gosh, and who else, uh. Gagans is kind of always doing their own thing. Um, I don't they were, uh, but, but yeah. Um, so it was really kind of an interesting crowd, uh, and everyone was really, uh, had really come to craft beer kind of through those homebrew route, those homebrewing routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we came down here, it was, um, like we knew that everyone sort of North of Portland. Um, but because both of us, uh, Joel lived in Orono at the time, uh, his wife was, uh, Christy was getting her, uh, finishing up, um, her degree at Orno. And, uh, so we ended up moving down here and it was just, you know, it's different seeing different people. Um, but it was really kind of, kind of cool to be able to have a sort of a foot in each world. Yeah. Would uh, you say that that homebrew club is what kind of started the idea for foundation or did it come before that? I think it, you know, it, it's, it's, I started homebrewing when I was in college uh, and like I said, I went to University of Michigan and there's one of the oldest homebrew clubs in the country, um, is based out of Ann Arbor. And, uh, so I met those guys early on, uh, and they sort of, 
got me into that. And back then, I mean, so again, this is mid nineties, uh, your options in beer were not, they were pretty limited. I mean, like I said, you had bells, you had, but this is like the early days of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what was being, uh, looked to was, uh, import. So you were getting a lot of Belgian, uh, beers coming in a lot of German beers coming in a lot of English beers, um, because people were just sort of looking for anything that was really different. Mm-hmm. That's than, where you get your variety. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you sort of learn from that and sort of grow and, uh, kind of go along. And then, uh, you know, of course the, uh, the joy of homebrewing by Charlie Papazian was definitely the, uh, sort of the gateway for so many people, um, to really start to understand this. Um, like I said, my, my background's in medicine, but I also studied chemistry and biochemistry. So a lot of this was just, oh yeah, you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's the stuff you're looking at the Krebs cycle and you're like, wow, I can use that to make beer. All right, let's <laughs> yeah. do that. So, yeah. um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of all grew out of that. What would you say, like what style was influential for you where you were like, oh, I just tried this. I need to make this now. Yeah. The, the sort of those, come uh, a couple of those aha moments, like I said, having, um, having a Trappist for the first time was just, it was so different. Uh, so that was something that I, I definitely was like, all right, I gotta learn more about this. Um, the English style. So it's kind of, um, so here in, in new England, sort of traditional English styles and, uh, the, you know, Geary's starting up here. And then, um, the, uh, you know, most of that sort of came out of Ringwood brewing in, in the UK, uh, so in New England, you saw a lot of kind of definitely more of a British influence in the early breweries. Um, in the Midwest, it was kind of its own thing. Um, so Bell's was definitely doing more what I would call American styles at that point in time. Um, definitely a lot of the early stuff were, were nods to, uh, you know, their Porter, which is still one of those beers that I, whenever I go back to Michigan, there's a couple beers that, that I always look for and, uh, I always enjoy their Porter and I usually try to track down their Amber. Uh, cause those were definitely, um, gateways for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, so those styles were all really, um, were, were sort of, um, influential in the early process. Um, when I moved back here or when I moved to Maine, uh, again, the, the British, uh, styles were, were definitely dominant in what people were doing back here. Uh, except for, of course, Allagash who's literally across the street from us, right. uh, <laughs> who's sort of always followed their own path. Um, so when I was trying different beers back then to kind of come back to your question, uh, the ones that sort of blew me away were just, um, really the ones that were sort of grounded in different traditions. Uh, and I still remember the, the first time I ever had, uh, Leafman's, uh, Gundeband, which is, uh, a, um, sour brown. Uh, and that was interesting. First sour beer I ever had. It's an old brune. Uh, first sour beer I ever had. I had no idea it was, gonna, it was supposed to be sour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just bought it off the shelf at this store in Ann Arbor and tried it. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, and then I kept trying to find brown ales that tasted like that. And they just didn't exist. I had no idea that that was like its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the whole concept of old Bruins and Flemish reds and, um, mm-hmm. acidic beers and, you know, uh, goos and all that stuff was just not something I knew. Uh, I just completely stumbled across it by accident, but I was like, that's really cool. I, I need to do, I need to figure out how to do that. And of course it's like one of the most complex and difficult styles to actually pull off. But, right. um, but you know, you always gotta be up for a challenge. 
when did uh, brewing become more of a career path than a hobby for you? Yeah. Um, so for, for me personally, um, like I said, I was, I'm, I'm my background's in medicine. I was, I was working a physician, uh, and it was really probably six or seven years ago, um, when through this homebrew club and through this process and, you know, kind of, and, and everyone's sort of talking to each other. And I think at that point, um, you know, the, the concept of opening a brewery was certainly not a unique thought. Uh, and, um, so Joel and I started talking more and more about it and, um, there, there was, you know, I think probably about seven years ago. And what I did was I actually ended up taking a class through the, um, American Brewers Guild in, uh, in Vermont and they have a engineering, uh, and, uh, scientific background course. And so again, I never worked commercially in a brewery or had any of that, but, um, you know, I always understood the, the concept and the science behind it and, um, you know, and things like how to CIP and why that works and all those things. It's just that all comes, you know, I used to do all that when I took worked in summers and chem labs and things like that. So, uh, so it was a pretty, um, you know, it was, it was the concepts weren't hard, but there's always the difference between, you know, conceptually doing something and then practically doing something. Uh, you know, lots of people are really, really good cooks at home, but put them on a line in a busy kitchen and it's a whole different ballgame. So, uh, you know, that was the piece that that me personally I was like, all right, well, how do we how do we sort of cross that? And um, so the uh, American Brewers Guild was sort of the first step to that. And while we were doing that, Joel um, had an opportunity to uh, he was good friends with Ben Lowe who at that time, Ben was the head brewer at Baxter. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ben has just actually is opening up his own place in uh, Auburn uh, called uh, Side by Each. Um, but um, Ben used to uh, run the brewery at uh, Gritty's downtown. Mm -hmm. And so that's where they met. And Ben was like, all right, I'll show you how it actually works. Uh, and um, so the guys at Baxter uh, were just super awesome and uh, took him in for a little bit. And basically he did a if you will, an unpaid internship, uh, yeah. at that point, but, um, they kind of showed him the ropes. Uh, so he sort of came at it from the practical side, right. uh, and, um, you know, and here kind of joined forces and, and here we are. Was there, um, advice that you'd want to give your, your present day self, tell yourself seven years ago? Um, I, I, Save more money. Uh, <laughs> That's I, a common one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest piece to me was, yeah, I, I'd say the biggest piece to me is, you know, my background's always been in the sciences, mm -hmm. and it's always been in, um, you know, being being in medicine, and and you know, people basically come and ask you for your advice, and it tends to be more technical. Um, I think the the biggest uh, piece for us has been, um, you know, we're always very product focused. Um, but the, the really the, the branding and the marketing side of things has been, uh, really fun to kind of get your head around. Uh, cause again, I, I just, I never worked in that world. Mm. Um, and so we work with a couple, uh, we work with a really cool design firm here and, um, 
uh, Pooley Associates and talking with David, who's just this incredibly bright guy um, who has this incredibly diverse you know, background of experiences. But here he is, uh, you know, he started life in zoology. He ended up as a cabinet maker and now he runs a design firm. Um, and just starting to sort of get your head around how that whole piece of the world really works um, has been just a lot of fun for me because uh, it's just such a different challenge. I do have to say I love your can art. Very minimal, but it, it's effective. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that was very much our, our goal is uh, you know, we tend to gravitate towards modern design um, and tend to really like uh, very clean, stripped down, and um, you know, we're not trying to, to hide anything. It's like, here it is. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, we've been... We've loved how it's worked out, and and that was that was very much a discussion with David and his crew, uh, and I think they really nailed it. Yeah. Speaking of branding, tell me a little bit about the name behind Foundation. Sure. Uh, so um, there's, if you haven't figured it out, we we tend to be a little bit on the uh, geekier side. Uh, so uh, there's uh, beer is the foundation of civilization. Um, so. There's a really cool uh, theory, which I think is pretty sound, um, that when you look back uh, through human history, people moved from hunting and gathering to really farming and agriculture. Um, And where you see that happened, it was all because they were growing grain. Um, And the early versions of what that grain was used for was not bread. Uh, (laughs) It was really to make beer. Uh, And so... Um, there's a pretty good argument that um, pretty much all of human civilization comes out of beer. Uh, so beer is the foundation of civilization. There we go. I was, like that. Was there a plan B name? Was foundation always the, the name? God, you know, the, so, so naming is probably the, um, the, the, the single biggest challenge in this entire thing is just not Trump. the government, not the, not the government aspect. No, no. Because, well, yeah, that's, that's well, we, we, we put that over there because yeah, yeah. you, you can't really, only so much you can do about that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think the, the trick with it is, you know, how do you convey what it is like, what are you trying to say with the beer? What is the meaning behind it? Um, but also do it in a way that, um, you know, is consistent with sort of your message and how you approach things. Uh, so the short answer is, uh, there was a couple other ones. I don't really, we, I, I have a list somewhere. Nobody uh, ever remembers what yeah. the plan B names are. No, I mean, we th- ask this a lot too. I, yeah. I think once you get it, you're just yeah. like, yep, we're, let's run with it. Let's this just works. go with it. I mean, you, there's so much you're constantly doing. Um, you quickly, like, I don't need that information anymore. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of dump it and move yeah. on. Energy conservation, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> What would you say the main beer scene is like? Uh, is it double IPAs or what is it? So I think Maine's a little bit different because our lead dog in this state is is Allagash. And Allagash is... Which is uh, 200 feet from us, right? Which is, yeah, li- yeah, we're across the parking lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not only are they the lead dog as far as, I think, now in production, um, they are very much the folks that... Uh, foster and sort of help create um, this entire community mm-hmm. that we have here. Um, if you uh, have a chance to talk with Jason or Rob or any of those guys over there, just a super classy, good people. Uh, and B, there's clearly an ethos of, you know, pay it forward. Uh, and so I, I remember our very first brew day, uh, Didi, who was no longer with Allagash, but she was uh, with them at that point. She had brewed there for a long time. And most people in 
Portland in the beer scene, no DD kind of wandered over and she's like, so if you guys need any help, you know, just let us know. Um, and of course the first day we needed help. Uh, and they, um, you know, they gave us, uh, this piece of equipment to borrow and, um, it's, uh, basically a thermal probe with a four foot long, uh, probe to check mash temperatures. And, um, you know, they had, uh, they let us borrow it. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, that was sort of set the tone, uh, for, for everything. So here in Maine, um, you know, we're, we're coming up on five years. Um, I, you know, Bissell and Austin opened within, we all opened within months of each other. Uh, and, and then you sort of now have this, this sort of, uh, second wave, um, who are all right around three years. Uh, so, uh, Four River, Battery Steel, um, and, uh, you know, Definitive just opened who are the other building next to us, uh, a year ago. Um, and so what you've got is this really compact scene out here, uh, where there's, uh, one, two, three, five breweries and a distillery within a few hundred yards of each other. Um, and yeah, like this little shire of beers. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of how Portland works. There's only so many places you can put breweries. Right. Uh, it's not a big city by where it's, right. really, you know, any stretch. So, um, so there's sort of two main pockets. Um, there's this one and then the Bayside neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, so, so yeah, I mean, so the scene here is incredibly, collegial and friendly because you're literally neighbors. Uh, and the, the other, one of the other things is, I mean, uh, Maine is a small town with really long roads. Uh, everyone, (laughs) everyone knows everyone else. Um, and, uh, so it's just one of those things that you can't, it's not like you can really go hide anywhere. (laughs) Uh, and, and, you know, so people tend to be very friendly and tend to be, you know, Hey, I need help or, uh, and we have, you know, within the Brewers Guild here, we, we have our own forums where, you know, someone needs help with something. I mean, within probably 20, 30 minutes, someone else is like, sure, I can, you know, help you out with that. Um, which is not, I, I think is, is definitely um, not always common. Uh, right. You mm-hmm. know, I think there's a lot of places where there, there tends to be a lot more um, direct competition uh, and, um less of that outreach. Uh, so I feel very fortunate that we're able to be here, but to your question, as far as the main scene, sounds uh, like you answer is community. Yeah, it is community. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's one thing that sets us apart is, is you can have sort of world-class versions of any style of beer here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you and know, I think you guys do. I think this area does. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I loved when we were pulling up to this area and there was a sign that said breweries yeah, and the arrows see. were going in all four directions. And it doesn't just say like this brewery, this brewery. That's a mist. Beer is here. No one knows who No did matter that. which turn you take. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, it's we, so funny. I showed up one day and it was just there. And I was like, I don't know what, and I'm assuming our landlord did that, but I don't, <laughs> I, I talked to the other guys in their building and they're like, I don't know. No idea. So, it's a mystery side, but we'll take it. Yeah. It sounds good. I mean, it doesn't sound like you were intimidated by having Allagash right down the road. It would be, that'd be intimidating to me, opening a brewery and you have this. Well, it's almost in your advantage because these are your neighbors and these are people who you can reach out to for help. So it's better to have them close than to have them. Yeah. I mean, when we opened out of pocket or out of reach, we didn't, I, I didn't know anyone over there. 
Um, and it's only since we opened that we've gotten to know them. Um, and we sort of have a, uh, you know, our tasting room tends to wander over there when they're doing releases and vice versa. And, and so, you know, you, you get to know everyone over there pretty well. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, when you're in Portland, like I said, there's really just, you have two choices. And so either you're going to, no matter where you are in Portland, you're probably going to be within, at, at most a quarter mile of another right. brewery. Um, so if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, uh, this is not the place for you. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, per capita. I think Portland is the most breweries per capita of any city in, mm-hmm. in the U S that there's a lot. Have you been to Sebago brewing company? Yeah. You I like have. that? I, so I knew Kai really well. Um, and they have, uh, they built their new brewery out in, uh, Gorham. Um, they're, well, their previous brewery is also out in Gorham, but, um, but yeah. And, and Kai, uh, and again, to, to the point within the second week that we opened, Kai walked in here. Uh, so for Kai Adams, who's one of the owners of Sebago, um, you know, walked in our front door. I have no idea who this guy is. Uh, <laughs> and he just starts chatting with us. And by the you know end of the visit, it was very much the same thing. It's like, if you guys need any help, if you guys need anything, here's my card. You know, please feel free to reach out. Uh, you know, Dan and Dave from Main Beer Company did the same thing a couple of weeks after that. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really a, a cool scene to walk into because mm-hmm. you you have these, you know, I think Sebago has been around for about 20 years, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and Kai was making it a point to go out and say hello to all the new people. That's great to hear. Yeah. You would never hear of competitors in any other industry going to visit each other unless there's some weird malice behind it, where it's like, they're trying to check out your operations or like get inside scoop. But it's like, these guys are literally here to say, Hey, if you need help, we're excited that you're opening. Welcome. Right. And, and I think a lot of it ties to just a main in general, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, and to borrow, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, which again, mm-hmm. Heather and Nathan Sanborn, uh, and, and rising tide, uh, have become very good friends and it's, it's very much the same thing. I, it's just, we are, our, our business here locally is so tied to tourism mm-hmm. and so tied to the food and restaurant scene. Um, that it's really about creating something really cool and interesting and something just awesome and fun and having more and more people come. And so, you know, the Bon Appetit article last year was sort of, um, you know, all of us who've lived here for a while kind of knew all that. Um, but that I think opened, and, and a, a lot of Boston was coming, had been coming up here for a long time. Yeah. Um, we're starting to migrate out. Yeah. Port, the old port is like a little bit more fun, a little bit more relaxed at the same time. It's, I, I think the, the thing about downtown Portland is, um, you can throw a stone and hit a restaurant that mm-hmm. would just be awesome no matter where it is. It's funny. We were, we're talking that the about that in the car ride home. We're like, where are we going to eat? Table, or, you know, it's that we were talking about all these places to go to. And just like the breweries are all next to each other. Yeah. All these restaurants are too. So for a city of what, 70,000 people, mm. um, the, the scene here when it comes to food and Bev is just off the charts. And so we're, we're very much a tourist destination. So, um, so having breweries that come here and it's really more about just like, just do it well, mm-hmm. um, you know, put out good beer, just be good neighbors, be a good part of the scene and, and everything kind of takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. 
Do you ever get groups or flocks of tourists that will kind of come visit you guys, go to your neighbors and do like a little mini rotation around here? Does that ever happen? Every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Where yeah. are they usually from? Do you see people from outside the country or? Yeah. I mean, so, so most of the folks who live in Maine tend to uh, come out here after work. Yeah. Uh, so we tend to have more of a, and not that, or, or like if they have fan, like I do this, like I don't typically go to lobster pounds unless I have family visiting yeah. mm-hmm. or things like that. And, um, because they're like, Hey, they want to go do this. And there's a lot of really fun, cool places to go. It's like, all right, let's go do this. Um, but so, so this has become sort of a destination for people who are into craft beer and, uh, yeah, so they'll come here and, uh, just cause like I said, you're within a hundred yards, you're hitting five breweries and a distillery. Um, and so what happens is they'll, they'll kind of, and, you know, because of, um, you know, with Uber and the fact that this is about to ask about the Ubers. Uh, yeah. That's it's so funny that you say <laughs> no, that. I mean, Uber and Lyft has, 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 and again, you can be downtown in the old port in 15 minutes from where right. we are right now. And, and when people ask, Oh, where are you in Portland? I'm like, well, if you know where the water is, you're about as far as you can possibly get mm-hmm. and still be in the city. Um, cause we're on the very Western edge of town. And, um, so what happens is people will come out, they'll get dropped off. They'll go wander around. We'll have tour buses show up. Uh, it's, it's, uh, become quite a thing. So the weekends tend to be more the outer towners. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and you just walk through the, the parking lot and you'll see a lot of Massachusetts plates, a lot of Connecticut plates, uh, a lot of New York. That's really probably in the last two years, the amount of New York plates has just really skyrocketed. Hmm. How do you try to stay true to your core Monday through Friday people who come or Monday through Thursday people who come and come after work and maybe want to have the house logger and then you have your people that your come on Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday who are, you know, juicy IPA crazy or mm-hmm. is it, it hard? <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think for for us, that's sort of one of the things that we um, really try to focus on is having a, a breadth of styles and, and different things that we can do. I mean. We're sitting here drinking a mixed fermentation barrel a saison, mm. uh, and then um, you know you're drinking our Hellas Lager, um, and I have cans of Epiphany in the cooler next to us. And um, so you know we we do you know obviously IPAs are the style that drives American craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for saying that. Well, I, <laughs> people I, dance around it sometimes, yeah. right? <laughs> No, I mean, you just walk into it's a, just a solid fact at the, like walk into a bar and if they have 12 taps, count how many of them are IPAs right. or hoppy. Yeah. You know, it's probably it's like love it or hate it, but it's probably me half of them. Yeah. Um, and, and we often get that question is like, well, you know, and, and so we, we definitely make, I mean, IPA is something we love doing and there's mm-hmm. flavor profiles and things that you can really, uh, uh, it can be just a blast to kind of really figure out. Um, but it's also what craft beer drinkers tend to drink in, yeah. in the States. Um, but are there people who love sours? Are there people who love stouts? Are there people who absolutely? So, um, you know, for us, that's, I think one of our big focuses, is uh, not just doing IPAs, but really being able to nail a really good Hellas or being able to really do some cool stuff with, with mixed firm and, and barrel aged beers and, um, you know, doing a milk stout, you know, just to, to, to have something as a, as a different offering. Cause when people walk in the door, we have 12 taps. Um, we want to, almost always we can find something for someone. Yeah. Uh, so 
And speaking of the variety piece too, I know that you guys have a wild room, right? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you made that decision and, and kind of how you keep up with those two different environments? Because I know that that can be kind of a challenge for people. A lot of people will either brew their wild offsite or just not do it at all. Right. So, uh, I mean, the bulk of our business is, is what we call clean, uh, clean Mm -hmm. beer. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the vast majority of what we brew, uh, is, uh, going through the, you know, conical stainless tanks and then goes through our, our, our canning line and, and all that. Um, but, there, there is no, <laughs> there is no good reason for us to do wild beer, and um, from a business standpoint, uh, there is. So there, it's just like a pet project. Almost. It is a pet project. Uh, there is, you Literally know, literally a pet. Yeah, it, it, it's. I, <laughs> it's I mean, alive. there are breweries um, like I mean, there's like Oxbow is a good example here, just in Maine. Who's that's really their focus, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's become really they're sort of synonymous with that. Um, but for, for us, uh, you know, just as I said, I mean, IPA is what most people drink. And so, um, of craft beer, most, most beer drinkers in America still drink American lager. Right. Um, but, uh, of craft beer drinkers, um, you know, IPAs and pale ales and those types of things are, are the dominant styles. So as a brewer, you do those other things. One, because you just are interested in exploring it, understanding it better, and, and two, kind of coming back to the earlier conversation, um, you know, trying those beers sort of when you, when I was getting into craft beer was just like, wow, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is nothing quite else tastes or smells like this. Yeah. Um, and, and it tends to be depending on the beer, uh, kind of like blue cheese, uh, you may either really love it or you may really hate it, but if you like it, there's nothing quite like it. Yeah. What would you say in the vein you said, what foundation is known for? What beer? Epiphany. Epiphany. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, that was definitely the beer that, that I think put us uh, on most people's radar. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first opened, our initial focus was actually on Saison's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that was a decision. When we first opened, the ability to get the really good hops just didn't exist. So, um, we didn't want to put out products that we couldn't source the right ingredients Mm -hmm. for. Uh, so we decided to focus, uh, on other styles that we were really passionate about. And I, you know, like I said, Belgian styles and saisons are something that I still deeply love. Um, but, uh, and, but then after we were open for about, uh, eight or nine months, um, we started to have some of those opportunities. People were like taking you seriously. Uh, you started to have the ability to contract going forward and you knew you could start getting a, a reasonable supply chain. Mm-hmm. So, um, we ended up, um, saying, you know, let's go for it. Yeah. So, uh, but of course when we did it, we decided not to do a, um, single IPA. We're like, well, if you can't do it, let's just do it. Uh, so, um, we, uh, first real hop forward beer that we did is Epiphany. You call it a main IPA. We do. What does a Maine IPA mean for those who do not live in Maine? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so back, so this is 2014. Um, the term New England IPA didn't really exist. Okay. Uh, at that point in time, um, you sort of had uh, Vermont IPA, which for the most part was kind of synonymous with Hetty Topper. Uh, and then you had sort of West Coast styles. And in the West Coast, you sort of have the Northwest, which tends to be a little maltier. 
And then you had more of kind of the San Diego, California, which tended to be a little bit drier. Mm -hmm. Um, so for us, uh, we wanted to really, um, there were things that we loved about what we were tasting coming out of Vermont. Uh, I remember the first time I had Teddy Topper, I was visiting, my, my brother was in Vermont and we went over on a camping trip and, you know, we got some cans and I just kind of remember sitting there going, I've never had anything quite like this. Uh, and so there was things that we really liked about it. Um, but then there was also like, I still have a deep and abiding love for double Jack from Firestone Walker. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was parts of that, that, that we just really loved how those beers worked. Uh, and we wanted to sort of fuse those concepts. Um, so that's why if you kind of read the can, you know, it says East coast, West coast. Yep. Um, it, it was very much sort of inspired by these different schools. Um, and it's kind of a mashup of that. Uh, but, um, there really wasn't any term that fit. So we're just like, oh, it's not really an East coast IPA. Cause, and that term's evolved too. Right. Uh, you know, f again, East coast IPA is not the same as it was even six months ago. No. Well, yeah. I mean, so back, back in 2014, East coast IPA, most people were thinking harpoon. Right. And, um, you know, which is definitely more British. Hmm. Uh, and, um, so we are like, I don't know. So. And that, like I said, coming back to names and expectations behind that and what that really means. Um, so we decided to, because it wasn't really like any of those things, um, we're like, all right, we're just going to call it a main IPA because we're in Maine. And yeah, yeah. why the hell not? Right. It doesn't really fit a box. All right. So we do this every episode. We get to know you a little bit on some goofier questions, but um, what's in your fridge at home? What's in my fridge at home right now? Um, I have a... Uh, Gosh, uh, I actually have a bottle of this, uh, which is which is, which is our Panoptic, our, our mixed fermentation saison. Beautiful, uh, beautiful label. Yep. Thank you. Um, it's I have, in a bottle, by the way, for those who don't know. Um, I actually have several cans of our lager because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. often what I tend to drink more. That uh, is what the brewers drink, right? <laughs> uh, it, 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 is, it is very much kind of at the end of the day, you're like, you know, you just kind of want a beer. Yep. Um, I have a can of Swish in my fridge. I have a uh, can of... Um, uh, what was the other, um, and I just got some beers from bone up. Um, they oh, stopped cool. in. So I got some of those at home. Uh, they're going to be a future guest of ours coming up pretty soon. So we're cool. excited. Um, so, so yeah, that's actually what's in my fridge right now. I tend to, um, try to, uh, ter not take too much home. Uh, cause mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just being in the, in the business and whatnot, unless we're having a barbecue you right. know, or something like that. But, uh, I tend to, when I go home, I actually more than anything tend to not drink beer or wine <laughs> or anything. I just mostly stick to water and iced tea. Mm -hmm. Do you have a guilty pleasure beer? Yeah. Um, Pabst, uh, it's, <laughs> it's one of those that, um, so when I go back to visit my you know, former college roommates, one eye, my friends in, in Michigan. Uh, and uh, we'll usually start off with some pretty nice beers and whatnot. But as the night goes on, you're looking for something a little bit uh, lighter, shall we say. <laughs> uh, so it tends to be uh, past uh, Labatt Blue is still one of those beers that uh, every now and then. It tastes like home. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, it's just every now and then it's like, all right, I got to I got to do that. Um, so those are, those are the two that probably fall into my, my guilty pleasure. And our final question, John, what's your proudest moment so far? This can be in life or in brewing. Uh, probably my, well, 
proudest, I don't know if proudest, but smartest was when my wife said, yes, I'll marry Aww. you, <laughs> uh, which, you know, um, we were coming up on close. 20 years. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Tell her to listen. She'll, she'll hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I need the brownie points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, no, I, I think, um, God, there's, there's to, to me, life has been very much a journey of sort of setting goals and, and really kind of being able to do that. Um, graduating from medical school was one of those sort of life goals and, uh, being able to do that was, uh, sort of, uh, a huge sort of fulfillment is something I've been trying to do for a very long time. Um, opening this brewery was, is probably number two on that list from, uh, cause again, this was something that was always been a, uh, passion and something that you've always sort of loved. And then kind of flipping the switch from, yeah, that'd be fun to no, we're actually going to do this uh, was, was really, um, a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, and, and it's, it's funny cause I mean, you can't get two businesses that are more divergent, uh, in what they do, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think just being able to sort of go down a different path, uh, and, and pursue a different passion mm -hmm. was really something that was, um, very proud of being a, being able to have done yeah that's great that's awesome thank you for sharing that uh, one thing i want to applaud you for is your brewery's meticulous so it's clean you guys pay attention to qa uh, so you have a consistent product so that's a really really awesome thing to to see well thank you i i mean i, I think there's there's uh, that's one of the things that um you know we uh, i i have a i worked with a guy who who grew up in the restaurant business and uh, he always, I asked him which restaurants he liked to go to and he'd name someone, they were all open kitchens. And he's like, you know, he's you like, can see you can see yeah. it. He's like, you, you want to be able to, to make sure that, you know, the, the one that the, it's just, it's clean and it's where it should be. And the people are doing the jobs that we're supposed to do and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, like I said, this was the business he grew up in. Um, so for us, I think that's a huge part of, um, it just makes sense to try to do that as best as you can because it's you know uh it just it's better better to prevent a problem than than it is to try to fix a problem mm -hmm. so um so that's a big focus of ours yeah. a good one and uh where can we find you on social media and more importantly where can we find you physically uh sure so uh foundation brewing is at uh, one industrial way portland maine um so we're uh, on, uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, we're foundationbrew.com is our website. Uh, we're also, uh, foundation brew on, uh, Instagram. Uh, so those are all good places to, to track us down. Um, our beer, we, uh, as, uh, our bulk of our business is here in Maine, but we also distribute to, um, to Vermont as well as to Massachusetts. So you'll kind of find us down there in Vermont sometimes as well. Yeah. Great. Sounds good. Well done. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, until next time, cheers. 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 Hey guys, thank you once again for listening to this episode featuring Foundation. Uh, I just want to take some time to thank all of our awesome listeners for uh, supporting us throughout all the months of the year with this season oh uh, yeah this had, is episode 32 right yeah. yeah we've had amazing feedback from our listeners and we want to continue to grow and we can only do so without with your help so what does that mean for us erica 
It means you guys need to rate us, subscribe us, and follow us on the socials. Yeah, and that's pretty easy because we have the easiest username. Brewroots. Brewroots on literally everything. Everything. It's not like Brewroots 1. We're no, Brewroots. We are the one. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have our first content episode coming next week. Um, in a while yeah it's yeah. been a while <laughs> it's been a while and we're gonna have a special guest actually um to try to keep the conversation going so you'll meet uh them next week yeah i'm very excited yeah, yeah. me too actually erica do we want to let our listeners know what our content episode is or should we keep it a secret nah. no we're, we're well, maybe. secret no, no secret 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 it's secret. just secret. Secret. content and you're just gonna want to be there for it yeah so until next week uh cheers, cheers.